Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Duology Theater was made possible by producer Nolan Matten. Thank you, Nolan. It was also made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Hi, everyone. Hello, everybody. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. Welcome to Duology Theater, a, a, a show where we look at famous duologies. I don't know if they're famous. I don't know why I called them famous. Yeah, I don't know what this bit movie is that duologies, you're doing right now. A, a movie in its sequel, and uh, we we talk about them as individual movies and as uh, duologies mm-hmm. as a whole. Yes, they're movie series that only consist of two films. Yeah, you've listened you to it. You guys know the you've drill by now. It. Probably. I mean, maybe intro. you haven't. Maybe this is yeah. the first time you're checking out this miniseries and you were like, ooh, Tron. Yeah, maybe. We have, so we have two months left. Our 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 Patreon producer, Nolan, uh, has given us the authority to make about six months worth of this show, which means for our second to final month, we have chosen the Tron series, mm-hmm. uh, Tron and Tron Legacy. Yes, now, Tom, you have not seen Tron Leg- Legacy. I have never seen Tron Legacy, and I had not seen Tron for probably over 30 years. That is exciting to me. I had zero memory of Tron except for, you know, random images and stuff. Right. Because I'm what you would call a Tron fan, I guess. Uh-huh. Technically speaking. In the sense that I really enjoy this movie, but I mostly enjoy Tron Legacy. I think Tron Legacy is a very underrated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to it, but I think it might be better than the original. I hope so. Mm. This movie uh, is a little slow. Uh, well, it is and it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This movie throws you right in to the computer yes. world and like... You don't know what the fuck is going on for like yeah, a solid would, 30 minutes. <laughs> I would argue the opening, you're like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yeah, who the fuck is Crom and Ram? Yeah. What is this bullshit? What the fuck is this? I'm um, unclear who's re- who's a real person and who belongs to the computer world. Like, It is very difficult uh, to follow at first because the, the, the premise for people... I feel like Tron's a movie that a lot of people know of but don't... Haven't seen. Watch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an epic adventure about someone trying to hack a corporate computer mm-hmm. to lift security restrictions. Yes. That's yeah. It. Oh yeah. Uh, that's it's a reverse. Well, matrix. well, it's it's an okay, okay. It's an epic adventure about a guy trying to print a document. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. And I want to talk about the making of it at some point, yeah, but it's, sure. it's sort of the making of it is equally like the same, which is a lot of effort for something that seems like it'd be simple. Uh, but it wasn't at the time. What was this, 1985? Oh, no, no. I, 1982. 1983? Two. This is a pretty important film when it comes to effects. Uh, for sure. Yeah. The, the effects and the look of the film are genuinely really impressive. Yeah, this also has a lot of. I guess I'll I'll get into. Should I talk about a little of the making of, or should we talk about that? Uh, after I think we should probably talk, talk about, about it afterwards, right? Because don't we normally okay. talk about the movie? And actually, I don't know what we normally do. I don't think I think it's freestyle and man. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, I think we jazz. it's jazz, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's jazz. It's just jazz. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the the way the movie works though is it's the story of a uh, a, a computer. A software programmer who gets his video game stolen by his boss mm-hmm. and gets fired and he runs an arcade called Flynn's Arcade played by uh you know Jeff <laughs> played by Jeff Bridges also Flynn Flynn Old Jeff Flynn's Arcade is played by a building that was like 10 blocks from us in Culver City 
Yes, if you remember, we couldn't get served there. It's a restaurant now. Yeah, it was a restaurant where we, we placed reservations and they we showed up there and then they just didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it was so bad restaurant, good location. Bad, bad restaurant, good location, yeah. Yeah, it's it's right in the heart of Culver City, right? With the Culver Hotel, which is a very historic film area where it's like, you know, because as you can imagine, they, they did a lot of the stuff around there mm-hmm. because Sony is there. Which I don't think was Sony at the time. I know The Wizard of Oz was shot right there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. None but, of this uh, matters. Great arc, like. Yeah, um, sure. That's that's one of the things that pissed me off about that restaurant being kind of like snobbish. It's like, motherfucker, there's a Chipotle across the street. Don't. Right. What do you think this is? Yeah. <laughs> like, Not only is there a Chipotle, there are great restaurants that are just all around yeah. there. So it's like they don't they they're competing and they're treating us like we're fucking dirt made of garbage. Fuck those guys. Fuck that restaurant. Um, yeah, that's just gonna be yeah. this entire podcast just gonna be us shitting on that restaurant. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what it was called. I don't either. Uh, we, we just wanted to, we just wanted to go there because it was Flynn's Arcade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so yeah, he he him and his friends, his friends are very willing to help him. Uh, sneak into his old yeah, work. They, his friends who they also are, work there. Yeah, they're all. Yeah, they all used to work together. Um, every employee at this company is dis fucking gruntled. Yes. <laughs> well, as you would be, because the idea is David Warner, who is running the company, uh, has this master control program that's running everything now, mm-hmm. and the program has kind of taken over and is it's telling him what to do it's it's blackmailing him right and it's like planning to raid the pentagon and like yeah all bad program yeah it it just it's 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 becoming not skynet but it's becoming like how it's again it's reverse matrix it's becoming agent smith yeah yeah kind of yeah and so uh, jeff bridges gets snuck into his job and uh, uh the b story is that his ex-girlfriend, um, who is dating, forget all their names, Alan and... Um, Laura? What's her Laura, character's? I think. Laura. Um, who helped sneak him in. She's working on a laser that is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And they don't treat it as such. Right. They're basically working on teleportation. They can, they can shoot the laser at something, in this case an orange, which we see it. It, it breaks it down. And can put it in the computer and then bring it back out. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff Bridges uses her workstation to do the hacking to try to find evidence that his boss stole from him. The master control program, which knows about him, about Flynn, uh, is yeah. wants to stop him. So he sucks him into the computer, and in the computer it turns he sure out. Does. And I. Yeah, and I guess the idea is that this ha- is going on in every computer. That's what's uh, unclear is that every computer seems to be connected to every other computer. Uh-huh. Like David Warner's, what's his his like little program's name is like Serac or something. Right. He's in the arcade game in Flynn's arcade, and he's right. also in the computers at their work. Well, I don't think at Flynn's arcade. I don't think they ever actually go into Flynn's arcade game. Do, or in that machine. I thought those were the games that were in the... Um, oh, maybe that's it. Okay. Like, he designed the games, okay. so they're in those computers, too. Okay. So I think it's just a big network in this building, but it's still the idea that this is just what's in a computer, right? Yeah. There's nothing special about the fact that they're sentient creatures. And what, what you learn is basically all the programs are the sentient creatures within a... A matrix. It's a reverse matrix. It's um, them, and there's a religious war of some people believe in the users, the users being the people who created them, and others are denying the existence, which is the master control program that it's that's doing. Yeah. Of like denying it, even though it knows. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the reason it's confusing is the programs are played by the actors who are the people the users who made the program yes it makes me wonder what a, like a half done program looks like that's got to be a real monster yeah it just looks like a real homunculus yeah um, also like, an abomination all these programs are like have really stupid names that you would never name a program yeah well i can i can tell you why tron is called tron sure 
because Tron is Alan's um, right. Uh, Tron program. is not even the main character, and the movie is called no. Tron. <laughs> well, I know why. Is because Steven Lisberger, the director. Uh, I won't go too much into the behind the scenes, but he owned his own animation studio. And this all came from a short film that he made and then sold as a radio promo to like different regional radio stations because he made it. And then he was like, I don't know what to do with this. I I should probably make money out of Mm -hmm. it. And it starred. It was like a cartoon character named Tron who looked very much like the style. And they called him Tron because it was short for electronic. Uh, That's where Tron comes from. Okay. Uh, and so I think they just liked the name. And so they needed to have a character named Tron in this mm-hmm. and then name the, and they, I think they realized that Jeff Bridges isn't playing a program. Well, he plays Clue at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, that's the confusing part is because you see Jeff Bridges in the program playing Clue and you're like, wait, what is that? Right. Is he, is that- it was super unclear because it shows him in the real world on the computer and then it, he shows him starting up this program and then it cuts to his, his program clue in a tank inside the computer. And I was, I was super unclear at first. Like, wait, did, is he transporting himself into the computer right now? Right. I think it's supposed to be unclear, but it is. I think the weirdest thing about this movie is that they introduce that concept before Jeff Bridges gets sucked in. Yeah. Because they do this, like, text, this is meanwhile, in the real world. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a, it's, it's something I always forget about this film is that y- it, you think of it as like an Alice in Wonderland situation. Mm-hmm. He gets sucked in and then it's the world. But they introduce the world first. Um, and I feel like that wasn't a good idea. I feel like that was like a production note. Them like, no, nah, you got to hook them. You got to hook them early. Uh, they didn't want it, people to get bored right away, I guess. Sure. That's my guess. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, what it, it's what is it level seven access or something? Mm-hmm. They lock out all the employees of this level of access, mm-hmm. um, and he needs to get that access. So while he's sucked into this computer, he learns about the big religious war. David Warner's character or his programs are in there working for the master control program. They wage war on Flynn and other programs who are his. Um, friends including tron who fights for the users yeah because he's a security program that Mm -hmm. alan made in his image and uh basically they 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 take flynn and they throw him into the games which are designed as like forms of execution in the society and the computer uh and they're based off of the games he designed and that's where we get the famous like light cycles that everybody knows Mm -hmm. he breaks out of those uh, with the friends and they they have to get to them they have to communicate with alan uh they all have discs memory discs uh that that store everything that make them then and are also lethal weapons for some reason yes it's like if your brain you could like take it off of mm-hmm. you and hit somebody with. yeah they they download like special stuff onto tron's disc they go to the master control program and they fight it, uh, f- and they 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 beat it. Uh, David Warner becomes giant. He does a- after yeah. getting his electronic brains knocked out of his electronic head. Yeah, and uh, and then Flynn goes back to the real world, and he is successfully hacked. Yep, <laughs> and he just gets he gets a little printout that just says essentially, "Yes, David Warner stole stole this program from Flynn." End of message. <laughs> And he tears yeah. it out of there like it's like the most incriminating evidence in the world. Right. You could just type like that a up. single computer I, I printout. Assume, I assume David Warner gets the message too, so I assume there's something official about yeah. it. Like I just sort of was like, okay, movie. That doesn't seem very official, but I, I'll believe sure. you. Sure. Maybe maybe uh, it was more official back then. I don't know. Yeah. The realization is they have these things called the IO towers, which feel like video game landmarks. Because they go to one and the IO tower is basically just how they communicate with their users. And it's like this apocalyptic world where all the towers are shut down, but one. And then at the end, they're like, the IO towers, they're lighting up. And I realized that's just on a computer in the real world. They're like, oh, we have our access again. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's all that is. Yeah. So it's this big like Lord of the Rings-esque victory in the computer to do something pretty mundane in the real world. Yeah, to log into your work while, computer. Yeah, which is part of why I like this movie. Uh, again, reverse Matrix. It's the Matrix before the Matrix, where 
it's all these people who don't realize they're in this other world. It's just reversed in that you start from the outside and you go in inside. Yeah, and also the stakes are incredibly, incredibly low. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's... Th- I think that was a production note because they were like, make the Master Control Program hack the Pentagon. Show that the Master Control Program coincidentally, like on the side, is planning to take over the world. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think I know what this movie is about. Uh huh. Um, especially since how it was made, um, some of the details. One detail I want to share is the fact that this was brought to Disney with a new director, uh, an idea that never been done before, uh, and Disney took a huge risk on this movie. Uh, and one of the things they talked about was that the animation department at Disney was very, um, like, they kept to themselves. They were very closed off. Mm -hmm. And they didn't, this isn't a Disney animation. Spoilers for the behind the scenes. There's not much CGI. This is actually mostly an animated film. Yeah. Uh, And so they talk about that and how, like, their reception at Disney was very, like, cold. And they they started pre-production there. I think this movie is about just corporate energy. About war- being sucked into a large corporation, yeah, because they're all they're all analogies for l- being a corporate entity, being part of a corporate entity. The programs, I mean, mm-hmm. there's you know obviously like the big one in charge. Everybody's supposed to do what they're designed to do, or else they get eliminated. There's an old cynical program, yeah. who's been there a while and is just waiting to be killed off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's all just like working for a company like like the company in this Encom, mm-hmm. uh, and that's pretty much I think the subtext of the movie. It's not much more complicated than that. I don't think. No, I mean it, yeah, it's it's you know it's yeah, it's also about conformity, but that's you know oh that's yeah. part of the um, uh, corporate structure message um, right. and oppression. Um. Again, all that's part of the corporate structure message. And water cocaine? Yeah, that scene. <laughs> I still don't know what that I don't know means. what that was. There's all oh, energy in its purest form. I'm like, okay, what is that? What yeah, you, I think it's water cocaine. What are you cocaine. drinking? Because Jeff Bridges is real into it. And I'm like, will that kill oh, him? Yeah. He's a person. <laughs> he sticks his face in there. Yeah, he does. Um, he just he shoves yeah, his I whole don't... fucking face right into that energy fountain. <laughs> right in that glistening electric water. There's a lot of questions about what Jeff Bridges is when he's in that world. Right, he's like a vampire. Uh, like he can absorb uh, people, the program's life force, and he can, um, basically just like create shit around himself. Like he just repairs yeah. that big ship using his. He's reverse human Neo. powers. Yeah, that's true. He's reverse Neo. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I'm not, and I. I don't know. I don't think he has organs. I kind of want to see him die. So I can see what happens to mm-hmm. him. No, I, yeah, I want to dissect him. Yeah, like I, 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 an alternate version of this is he loses at the disc game, falls and disintegrates, and then it's a hard cut to that laser, and like blood sprays out the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> like blood and guts ooze yeah, out just, the side, yeah, like a Play-Doh factory. Yeah, it's just like a, a, a fucking jet of blood just shoots out of the front <laughs> of it, like Army of Darkness yeah. style. <laughs> This movie is fucking is fucking wild. Can we talk about the old man's hat? Yes. When they go to the tower and of they course. find the old man and he's dressed like a fucking elf wizard for some reason. For some reason. What universe is this? I think, yeah, I think drugs. Right? Probably. Like it's that water the cocaine. We're doing drugs. It's that, it's water, that water cocaine. cocaine, bro. I mean, there's the solar sail. Uh, I don't know what that is. Right, how can there be solar um, a solar there's sail no sun. inside of a computer? They in the making of they specifically point out there's no sun. That's part of the lighting choices they made. Yeah. Uh it's it's kind of nonsense. I think there's I also Dave I th- Dave, I got to be honest, I didn't need the behind the scenes to point out to me that there wasn't a sun. <laughs> I can see that. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. It's I think the the idea of the movie watching it this time i was trying to imagine what is the actual representation of a computer being done in this 
And I came to the conclusion that you have to be very generous. Yeah. Because computers then were kind of old. So, like, for example, Alan needs to talk to his program to give him the information of how to shut down the master control program. Mm-hmm. Um, what's I guess here's what it is. Is a computer what makes what makes a computer work is the user makes commands that then make the programs do something. In this version, the programs do stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, from their own like will. Power. Yeah, the programs have to get to some place and like signal to their users that they're ready to be used. And I got to tell you, that's a terrible computer. Yeah. Well, here's my theory. My theory is that they don't have a will. Uh, they think they have a will. So, for example, a program saying, I have to get to this tower to tell my user something or to get something from my user, the that's just the journey the program's making electronically mm-hmm. as commanded by the user, and we're seeing it play out very slowly. Like, I, I like to think everything that happened to Flynn happened in seconds. Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah. And I think Tron Legacy plays with that a little bit, time. Um and so I think the idea then is that Flynn is so almost like a virus because he goes into the computer. He doesn't have a user. He's not programmed. So from Alan's point of view, he's like, where the fuck is my program? What's going on? Uh, but but then there's like, I think the idea is when they're fighting other programs, that's like the strength of the program's ability to get through like security measures or something like that. I mean... Like again, the fighting is preordained. Tron himself is a is a security program. Exactly. So when he fights programs, we already know technically if he's going to win or not because it, he's either been programmed to win or he hasn't been. You know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> is that since it's all programs, like when you when you you make a program to to fight a virus, unless you're in real time changing those things they're they're only it's only either gonna clean up the virus it's gonna win or it's not depending on the how powerful a virus is how about you know how powerful two programs are so i assume when they're like when they're like american gladiator fighting it doesn't really matter like what's happening it's just whoever is programmed better would be the winner anyway um sure like i said tom very generous yeah you're doing a whole lot of work for this this movie no, I think uh, in the yeah. Pretty sure um, when I double click on my Google icon on my desktop, it doesn't have to play Hialai. What if against it did? the other apps on my computer? <laughs> but what if it did? Tom? <laughs> <laughs> what if this is what's happening in computers? But that doesn't make any sense. What if Audacity is is just kicking ass right now? Right, yeah. <laughs> it's fighting for that's they're fighting for memory. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, <laughs> it's no. This movie was made by people who didn't care to know how computers. No, worked. no, no. And that, that's it's and, a and it's I, a very thin veneer just to have an excuse to create this this world right what's funny is that when you watch the behind the scenes it's actually made by people who know how computers work because they had to oh, yeah i'm sure to make the movie so it's very funny that they they it's not that they don't care to know it's that they don't think the public cares to know and i guess they're right for this where they're like it doesn't fucking matter well what also matter? The, the people working on the computer effects in this film did not write it well that's what's interesting is they had to kind of this was such they had to it's we'll get into it but they the interviews and stuff they do know because they had to ah okay work directly with this stuff because it was so new that like the director kind of had to prove that it could work and had to supervise it and had to be very paying a lot of attention so you know the only people who seemed in the interviews to not know what was going on was the actors yeah who were just like, yeah, they put me on a on all black screen, and they said like, you know, you're on a bicycle, and I was like, all right, yeah, I'm sure if if you, if, <laughs> if you ask Jeff Bridges what Tron is about, he'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I would disagree with that actually. 
I would disagree because of Tron Legacy felt like it's like weirdly more spiritual and his character is a big part of that. I think Jeff Bridges likes Tron. In his interview that I watched, he produces the helmet he wears in the movie and puts it on. Oh, that's delightful. Well, I'm not yeah, saying it's I'm not, older Jeff Bridges wearing I'm the not helmet. Saying, but I know what yeah, you're saying. Yeah. Right. Like it's like when they're telling him what to do on set, I'm sure he's just like, All right, well just tell me what my character's doing and I'll go ahead and do that. Yeah. They interview the the old guy in this who's also the is he the he's the tower mm-hmm. lord. He's the tower lord. And is he the guy who's in the um lab? Yeah. Earlier, I, who starts doing the play on words of here goes nothing. yes yeah it's like all right you're a you're a nightmare to work with yes sir. he's the guy that's there and also the guy that comes to complain complain to david warner okay yeah he's like the yeah he's like the steve Jobs yeah he's, or he's a wa- he's the, the wozniak yeah yeah uh and he's also been shoved into this one little area mm-hmm. um yeah this is this movie Man, it's a hell of an accomplishment that I think this is one of the reasons I'm going to say Tron Legacy is better is that they didn't really have the ability to do what they needed to do I don't, to make this movie. I don't know. I okay. think How did you like it by the way? Did you enjoy um, it? It's fine. It's kind of boring. Um it looks nice, but like that's that I mean it's nice that it was only 90 minutes. Um I don't know. It's just it's just boring and kind of silly. Yeah, and just the, it's it's real hard to uh, like. I guess computers seemed more fantastical to to the general public back then. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that the Matrix is silly for the same reason. It's just a little more realized, a little more. You know, we knew what computers were, or did we? Because we're powering the computer in the Matrix. With human bodies in cocoons. Yeah, the, the the Matrix is also years and years into the future, right? So, Yes. I think if this movie was more exciting, people wouldn't care as much about those details. My What I like about this movie is very rarely do we get to see original fantasy. Uh, that is something we haven't really seen before. Mm-hmm. It's only so many things. That's, that's true. And Tron is extremely original. I think it is. I wish it wasn't so I mean it it is it's a, it's an original in terms of concept but the story is is extremely straightforward and very tropey. Yes. We got to get from A to B to stop the dark lord. Okay. Yeah, I did I do like that the romantic subplot isn't really a, a romantic thing. It's that Jeff Ridge's ex-girlfriend is dating his friend Alan, and they seem generally cool with that. Uh, and then when they're programs, he, he like makes a move on her, which I didn't quite think was needed. Mm-hmm. And then that's sort of it. Yeah. Um, it felt like there was like, and then at the end, they're just pals. Jeff Ridge, the, it ends very abruptly. It ends with the printout. And then a helicopter landing, and Jeff Bridges gets out, and he's clearly running NCOM. Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> yes, David Warner's job. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Which I would like to know the journey there, because I'm pretty sure they wouldn't be like, oh, you stole his game? All right, he's boss <laughs> right, now. He's the boss now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'd give him money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's about it. He doesn't even have... Like, a lot of time must have passed, because he doesn't have rights to the company. He's not... He didn't help create Encom. He just worked for them. Yeah. So, it, I think the implication is that he sued, won a, so much money, that he got control over the company. Yeah, maybe. Right? I, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't think a judge was just like, he gets the company now. No, I'm sure that didn't happen. I mean, it's a very... Yeah, it's a very... Uh, simplistic view of how this works oh yeah oh 100 percent. also anything he developed while working there would just belong to them anyway yeah they, ha- they yeah they it's a very don't have to give him shit it's a very naive yeah <laughs> uh about how tech companies would function what the the extent of what they might do is they might fire david warner uh and they just put jeff bridge's name on the games yep yep that's it they probably wouldn't fire david warner although maybe they fired him because of i i assume something terrible happened in that computer 
when they're all like, we're free. Bah! <laughs> There's got to be just people at the computer like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, this is fucked. This computer's fucked. I think we just need to just burn this whole building down. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're I think done We just here. need to blow up I don't NCOM. think we can use the wires. Yeah. yeah. Um, Programs yeah, are fucking in there. Has yeah. Jeff Bridges introduced the concept of kissing? Right. He kissed a program. Yeah. That's fucking weird. It's a fucking weird, <laughs> fucking weird movie. It is, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's buck, it's I buck think, fucking wild. <laughs> yes. What would help you know is, uh, understand it is that Disney butted in with their own ideas when it went to Disney. So I'm guessing it's just like, maybe there was a version of this. That they're like, we were really streamlining it. We have this uh, cool concept, cool plot. And then Disney's like, can you make a little like cute little dot? That's like a bit and it's a pet. And they're like, sure. Fucking sure. Like, can they ride on like motorcycles? And it's like, oh, I guess we could figure that Fuck out. Fuck yeah. They like, can I, ride I'm on motorcycles. Sh- yeah. Disney, uh, Disney basically uh, described this as being a Fantasia type film is how they were thinking of it. Uh, they were thinking a lot about Swiss Family Robinson and 20,000 Leagues. This is before the Disney Renaissance. Mm-hmm as well oh yeah wait so this is when they started to have a series of failures yes and that's why that's part of why they took on tron the the story behind it is that they uh were like we really don't understand this but it has video games in Mm -hmm. it and kids love video games and we we need to do something and like the old studio people were very nervous and the young people seemed excited so they're like fuck it Let's do it. Uh, we got nothing else going on. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. It's I, I think it's fair. Um, there's should I go into some behind the scenes? There's some remarkable people worked on this movie. Sure. Uh, for example, you know who did the music? Journey. No. Should have been. It was Wendy Carlos. You know what else she's done? Mm-hmm. The Shining and Clockwork Orange. Mm, okay. Yeah, like the shining theme. So <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty huge. Yeah, that is pretty huge. Um, Journey did do music for this movie, by the way. Yeah. Did they? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Sid Mead dis- uh, did the light bikes. He designed a lot of the vehicles, a lot of the look. Um, you would also know him from designing vehicles and sets from such movies as Blade Runner, Aliens, uh, Elysium, Johnny Mnemonic, Time Cop, uh, and the new Blade Runner. His art was also the inspiration for the uh, the at at in Star Wars. So yeah, <laughs> this guy's uh, he died recently. He's got a lot of movies uh, that we can think of. Yeah, more. those are mainly primarily the two that really Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, should really thank God, him yes. for Johnny Mnemonic and Time Cop. Those vehicles in Time Cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking great. Those fucking those those, look, those limousines with a bunch of shit taped they look on like them. Dog oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would look. He designed. Would, he didn't make. I would personally leave those off of my resume if I were him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like those looked like shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Congrats for designing them, but you should have tried a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah. Um. As we said, Flynn's arcade was Culver City. Uh, most of the company Encom was a power plant or like a lab or something. And the making of, they talked about how there was a roped off radioactive area. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they were like very nervous about yeah, that. Well, yeah. Ju- justifiably. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. There's like literally a rope that was like, don't pass this I, area. I, I, it's, it's, uh, 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 quiet as it's kept, ropes do not contain radioactive material. <laughs> it's true. Very true. <laughs> Um, the actress, she had to be, wa- her, she, she accidentally stepped in there and they had to like scrub her. <laughs> Most of it though, was the soundscape stage. Um, they were originally going to do a white background, but that was awful delight. So they're like, can we do it with a black background? It was filmed. And this is, this is going into the CGI because only about 20 or 15 minutes of this film is actually CGI. Mm-hmm. The rest is they shot the actors on black and white. Uh, they projected each frame into another frame that was about 20 by uh, 12 inches. They're clear. So like only the blacks would, would go through, would like show up 
and they had to isolate each flame for each part of them of different like colors and shading. Um, each month took about a minute or each minute took about a month. So they outsourced to Taiwan. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, to a production company there. Um, and they had a lot of problems with the films that you can see in the movie. Like the film would go bright suddenly for a few frames and they couldn't figure out why. So they just animated it into the movie where it was like glitches or like lights that were flying by. Oh yeah, sure. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. A lot, most of the CGI is just like uh, matte paintings, um, filters uh, that are put over the camera. Um, and even the CGI, it's all fucking, it's all optical effects, you know? Um, to the point that like the, they went to like four companies for the CGI. None of them could communicate or streamline with each other because they all had different systems uh, because it was so new. Um, it was like 10 minutes of frame for rendering. And the way they talk about how they'd animate is a nightmare is that they would, um, they couldn't watch the animation as they were planning it. There was no previs. They could only see frames on a computer and they wouldn't know how they would look together. What would they have to do is they would have to write down the exact X, Y, Z coordinates of where each object needed to like go in each frame and that was how they did the animations. They basically said, okay, on this grid that we're looking at, they took out graph paper. They wrote down XYZ coordinates of every frame of this object, like the light bike going from A to B, you know? Uh, and then they would give them to programmers who would just type it in a computer. And then finally they would later see it all processed on a soundstage to know if it, any of it worked out. So it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, because again, nothing. They no one had done this before. Uh, it's it's quite a production, and uh, I I don't I don't know. It's it's if you if people can look it up, there's a good making of about this, just about the process they went through, and I found it fascinating because it was really a risk. Like the whole time, people Disney was like, I don't know about this. I don't know how well this film did. Not terribly well. Do you know? Nope. No. That's a shame. Um, oh yeah, it made about fifty million. Yeah, they had they they had to write a bunch of it off. Um, yeah, it no this this movie did not do well, and part of the reason is because um, I did a little bit of my own reading. Um, they were gonna re- it was supposed to come out in Christmas of nineteen eighty two, uh, but they moved it to July when they found out that Don Bluth was putting Secret at Nim out in July, so really? they moved it out of spite. because <laughs> god damn it because you remember bluth originally brought secret and m to disney while he was an animator there and they told him no so he's like all right i'll go make it myself um and this wow. was the beginning of don bluth kicking the shit out of disney for the rest of the 80s <laughs> wow yeah because this i don't re- yeah this didn't put disney back on top no no so like <laughs> when they Listen to what else was in theaters that summer, because they, they moved to the summer to, to spite Bluth, who, I mean, Secret and M wound up being a, a big success, and then they were also in theaters at the same time as E.T., uh, okay. <laughs> Star Trek The Wrath of Khan, uh, okay. and Poltergeist. Okay. Also Blade Runner, but Blade Runner was a bomb, too, so. Right, right, right. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tron. <laughs> It became a cult hit, at least. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, interestingly, it was it it uh, they aired it the first day that the Disney Channel was on. Uh, the Disney Channel oh. uh, aired its first broadcast in 1983, and it aired Tron on its first day of broadcast. Yeah, I'm guessing Disney didn't have much faith mm-hmm. in it. Either. Doesn't seem like it from what you've been saying. That's said. People at Pixar have said without Tron, there would be no Toy Story. Well, not. Like it's not people at Pixar. I'm looking who? at that quote. It's John Lasseter. <laughs> is it? <sighs> well, he is the authority on that. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. And I mean, mm. he's probably, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, this, this movie, that's what I think the most interesting thing about Tron is how much effort, how kind of, how much it revolutionized the idea that we could make CGI movies. Not that it wouldn't have happened at some point, because of course it would have. Well, it's uh, not even really that it's the C- that that it's the CGI. It's the idea of 
blending these all these different environments on screen i think is is even yeah. more like i i might argue that you probably wouldn't have Roger Rabbit without Tron yeah it's very yeah it's it's artistically it's very cool it, they're doing it stuff like great. making filters yeah they were making like filters out of steel wool to make the effects of like when someone gets poked and they go and stuff like that there was just there were so many filters and 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 effects they were putting on these cameras for these optical effects. Yeah, it's it was interesting uh, watching it because if you have an eye for that sort of thing, like I was watching, I was like, I can tell a lot of this is in camera, but I'm not sure how they're doing it. Right. Um, I figured it was like rear this, projection and layering, fr- uh, um, frames and shit like that. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of like anime, the way animation mm-hmm. works. Yeah. Um, uh, where it's just like, like I said, it's the fact that they have these translucent frames that they can sort of layer on each mm-hmm. other. I mean, that's uh, that is that's animation. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what it is. Animation's fucking exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> fucking sucks. Because <laughs> you don't think about it this way, but it's like, yeah, they literally just took like a camera, pointed it at drawings, <laughs> and that's the animation. They take a picture. Go to the next frame. Take a picture. It's stop motion, mm-hmm. essentially. Kind of. Uh, but done to look not like stop motion to be drawings. Um, oh, yeah. I'm reading about uh, different inspirations, apparently. It, uh, there's a, there's, you could argue that we wouldn't have had Daft Punk, at least the way Daft Punk exists, without this movie. Probably not. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And they went on to, of course, score the sequel. Yes. Yeah. I did know that. Uh, great soundtrack. That's a, I think okay. I want to predict your reaction to the sequel because I think you will also find the sequel boring. I think you will. You will. I think your feet. I think what you said about this movie, you'll probably say about the sequel, except the sequel is slightly over two hours long. That's that's the one difference. I could have went for another hour for the sequel personally. I just um, it doesn't. I think my biggest problem is it's I. I visually I think this movie's really great but like the story's kind of gibberish and like the the universe just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, I'm just so glad they keep making it. They're still they're still talking about a third one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they, keep it coming. They take a hit on each one. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's like a again, it's like something they believe in internally mm-hmm. where they're like, yeah, Tron rules. Yeah, fucking Tron. <laughs> yeah. Because it has enough cult following, and I think they—I think it's just that there's a lot of people very passionate about the mm-hmm. movies, uh, because they're just so—I don't know—they're so damn original. And, and and again, visually, the Tron Legacy. Obviously, we'll be talking about it in that episode. But the most remarkable thing about that movie to me is—I think it came out in 2010. Um, for a film that I think the only thing people will know about that film is how shitty its special effects are. Uh, it has great special effects. It's like it's like the weirdest thing, because they had one effect in that movie that is god-awful, uh, and that stood out. The rest of the effects of that movie is fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever watched. Uh, it's so well The bad made. effect is young Jeff Bridges, right? Yeah. Yes, it's young Jeff Bridges. They weren't Hadn't ready for it. quite nailed that tech yet. Yeah, I think there was an instinct where they were like, well, the first Tron revolutionized special effects. We got to do that in this one. Um, and they could have not done that. I get why they did it. It's What's interesting is that there's other characters. Um, the, the reason it's young is because there's a version of Jeff Bridges that existed in the, in the computer, so he didn't age. Um, what's interesting is there's other characters like that, and the way they get around that is they just cover their faces, and so they could have done that with Jeff Bridges too, uh, because there's also an old Jeff Bridges in it. Uh, much of the way, there's multiple programs playing multiple people. There are multiple Jeff Bridges, the- Jeff Bridges, or multiple people playing multiple programs, or the, sorry, one person playing multiple. There you programs. go. It's all right. Words mm-hmm. are hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it, Maybe I I hope one day there'll be a Tron movie that'll actually appeal to people. I get why this is nerdy, like it's nerdy cult bullshit. Yeah. Like if you look up Tron fan, it's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll so Google that's, it right now. That's a now. harrowing journey. 
Tron fan. <laughs> I'm, Google you're images. You're going to get the Tron guy, I'm sure. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of it's fan art, and the fan art's cool. I'm sure it is. I get, then, I get why this yeah. movie appeals to the people that it appeals to. It appeals to, I'm sure, artists and uh, effects nerds. Yeah. Um, it's just like the, the, the story is like, blah. It's like, whatever. I don't story's I don't pretty care dumb. about this. <laughs> um, what's funny is, like I said, I hadn't seen this movie in a very, very long time, so I had no memory of it. So all I could think of when they get to the master control program is, do you remember that episode of South Park? <laughs> where, that they do Tron, they do where, Tron. Where, where don't Kenny they? goes to uh, goes to uh, like a Jewish camp with uh, Kyle, and yeah. they and they they're they're doing different activities, and then they sit down to make things for Moses, and Moses appears to them as the master control program. <laughs> yes, it's so good. So all I could think of was that episode where they ask Moses what he wants, and he's like, "I desire popcorn necklaces." <laughs> macaroni bean that, shakers <laughs> that fucking master control thing is so funny <laughs> really when uh, when they're like beating it up it spins really yeah. fast and it's like well that that doesn't look yeah good. it looks real dumb it has a big dumb face yep again i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say the matrix the wachowskis they they owe tron some some money because the giant face when they first talk to it, uh, like not the weird, the, the later thing, the like butt plug looking thing, but the first version in the computer looks like the fucking baby face in the Matrix, uh, the last Matrix. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. The baby face. You nope. know, um, uh, uh, got nothing. So there's, <laughs> all right, do you, do you, how, you know what the matrix is because otherwise you have to see it no I, you don't you have, have to explain to it to me and that, which is fine it's it's fortunate because uh, well, no, you, no you can't be yeah. told what the matrix is you have to see it for yourself um it's i just uh, don't remember that scene <laughs> revolutions is that the third matrix he goes and talks with the computer at the end neo it's after spoilers uh trinity gets just just mutilated by fucking rebar uh which is shocking and he goes down and he talks to the computer. It's all these nanobars and they swarm and form a giant baby face. Okay, I've seen that movie twice and apparently I blocked that out. <laughs> it's my favorite part. And the Matrix talks to him. Uh, and like it's a giant face is my point. Uh-huh. And in this, the Master Control Program is also a giant it's face. Giant, it's a giant like, I'm not sure what shape that is. It's like a... It's, it's like a, a, a cylinder with like a cone on the bottom, right? Kinda, yeah. It, it's like a house shape. So, how many sides is that? It's, Five sides. It's like a dreidel. Uh, kinda, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that's why they one of the reasons they picked it to be uh, Moses and that probably <laughs> also just because it's funny. <laughs> yes, I think it's just because a Tron reference. Uh, tr- re- Tron is one of my favorite things to reference because it's it's actually okay. So for the record, it's like it actually has two parts. You just don't see the bottom half as much. It's a cylinder, like imagine the um the what is it carbon rod, mm-hmm. uh with like if you pinch the center of it, so it's like two cones that meet in the at the tip, mm-hmm. and there's like a crystal in the middle. Sure, that's where that's where he has to throw his where disc, he throws his frisbee. Which by the way, yes, is just a frisbee frisbee that like a PA painted. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the funniest thing I think about this movie and why, again, it's part of why I say Tron Legacy is the better movie is because since this movie, like you said, the plot isn't much, so it's all visual, the better visuals, the better movie, I think. Uh, so like the discs, the, what are they called? Identity discs or I don't gives a shit. They aren't just painted Frisbees Mm -hmm. in the new one, you know, but in this one, they're just painted Frisbees. The thing they're holding them in place in this movie appear to be just like cloth sashes yes uh the the costumes feel like somebody feel very homemade uh yeah they look like they're made from like newspaper yeah which is very funny to me i don't think disney gave them much money (laughs) um (laughs) for production at least although it says 17 million budget that's a lot of money yeah it's not nothing but I don't, I don't know. There's 
There's no denying this is a silly fucking movie. Jeff Bridges, when he plays Clue, he talks like a robot. He does. It's very funny. And the scream he lets out when when he crashes into the wall is extremely hilarious. I'm glad you brought it up. I was about to bring it up. (laughs) It was like this. "Ah!" (laughs) Like it's a it's like a comedy scream. (laughs) It's real over the top. Also, when they're in NCOM and they need to hack in, he does a sneaky run. And it is a goblin. (laughs) It is the funniest fucking run. It's like, imagine Jeff Bridges sneaking in your head. You're probably picturing it just because it's Jeff Bridges. It's like this weird little run. Just picture Jeff Bridges shambling, but quickly. Yes. Uh, (laughs) That's Uh, what it is. Yeah. There's some incredible Jeff Bridges. And again, giant David Warner. Uh, Yeah, a gigantic David Warner. (laughs) I'm not sure why he becomes giant, but it's a real problem. It, it it isn't though for Tron. <laughs> yeah, Tron, you're right. It Tron isn't. does a crash roll through his legs, and that's it. Like he doesn't even have to fight him. Yeah, a lot of frisbee work. They talked about behind the scenes. The guy who played Tron. Um, they didn't. They they had like the first screen test. They just got professional frisbee players, which is funny to me because they knew from the start this is going to be a frisbee film. Yeah, this is going to have a lot of frisbee. We're, we're doubling work. down on frisbees. Yeah, it's like if you think about movies where frisbees are part of the action mm-hmm. it's tron yeah it's pretty much just and that's tron. It. yeah if you're into froth like this is your movie you know you get high watch tron mm-hmm. uh play some froth uh so yeah that actor had to do a lot of like complicated frisbee stuff and he like the director pumped him up for it that's and, funny like, because absolutely none of it comes through on the screen it just looks like yeah. he's throwing a ball of light that i just assumed was an effect the move that he points out that i will say is impressive cuz it looks the move looks like you wouldn't think of it as a move because you'd assume that all they're doing is just hucking frisbees at actors you know and then they catch him and then that's that but they actually needed them to do specific things and there's one part where the light disc or whatever it's called. I think I've called it something different every time. Um, gets thrown at him and he ducks it. He ducks it and then grabs it from the back of his head. And you have to kind of slow it down and you watch it and you're like, oh, that is a, that is impressive. Uh, considering that he meant to do it. Because it looks just like a happy accident, you know? Um, but yeah, the Frisbee action, not much. Not much going on there. No, that's a, that's, it's considering it was their, that's their lightsaber. Man, yeah. you could have thought about that one a little harder. That's <laughs> oh, so dumb. It's real fucking stupid. <laughs> Frisbees. Just throwing a disc. Get the fuck out of my face with that. Get out of here, Tron. Yeah, the the master master control program is killed because I think he Flynn jumps inside of it. He does. And it freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> because something's inside of right. it. Right. So it's like ah, get it out, get if it out. If a tiny Jeff Bridges dove into your skull, you'd have a you'd have a freak out. Yeah. You, you, your and defenses then, would drop momentarily. Yeah, and Tron uses that moment to huck a frisbee in him. Yep. <laughs> and he is killed by frisbee and then Flynn gets out. Yeah, I, I in the in the movie's dis- defense, it sounds dumb, um but it is actually extremely dumb. Yes. It looks cool. Does it? <laughs> well, not the fr- not the frisbee. That's what I'm talking about is that but the is effects that scene. look cool. See, this is again why I will say Tron Legacy. I believe is well, better. Yeah, well, we'll is find out. Take the frisbees, uh, turn them into fucking like uh, Shang Sun hats. You know, where they're like sharper, they're like they're cooler looking, and the frisbee work is you know because it's done primarily with CGI. It's one of those movies that's like CGI is, although there's a lot, there's a surprising amount of practical sets. Um. But, like, so they make the Frisbee stuff cool, you know? The light bikes are cool in this, um, but they're actually, like, more of an action thing in the in the sequel. Word. Um, Shang Tsung doesn't wear a hat. You're thinking it. Who's you're the thinking one with Kung the Lao. fucking hat? Kung Lao. I won't, I, won't st- I won't stand for this Kung Lao erasure. All right. I won't apologize because I don't play those games. They're 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 too violent. Tom. Yeah, not enough light bikes and and frisbees. <laughs> not enough light bikes. <laughs> not enough light bikes. And I love frisbees. the light bikes. Fucking the light bikes are hardcore. They sure are, man. When I think hardcore, you think the light. Yeah. Bikes. No, the light bikes are pretty dope. Wait till the sequel. Everything is just doper. 
right. and uh, Michael Sh- Michael Sheen's in well, there. I mean, you can never make anything worse by adding Michael Sheen. That's true. Um, I think we've talked enough about Tron. I could, I could. Keep I'm, it, I know you. Yeah, I can okay. tell that you can. Oh, there is one more little tidbit I wanted to put in that I saw. This the Academy refused to nominate this film for visual effects because they felt that using computers was cheating. That is funny. And I, I've got some. <laughs> I got some unfortunate news for you guys at the Academy. I got some bad news for you. You want to go back in time and show them a few things. Yeah. That's very funny because it's also like okay i kind of get where they're coming from at the time well because the the light bikes are just fucking shapes made on a computer you know like there's still art there they, they had to be designed um but i could see them looking at it and being like it's just flat visual effects i don't know there's nothing mm-hmm. I, I don't know it's I'm, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt but i think they're just dummies yeah i also i i thought films had used computer effects before this yeah I don't know if any have been nominated at the time. Well, that's fair. Um, but this was certainly wasn't the first CGI in a movie. I, it's it's the CGI milestones when you look them up. They're all a lot of like well, technically type of moments mm-hmm. where it's like, well, this is known for it, but technically this movie did this one shot that was you know technically a computer animated shot. So it's it's hard to it's always hard to. Um, figure it out i think this is just a milestone in how big it was Mm -hmm. and yeah should have been fucking nominated do you know what won at the time um let's find out what was this 1980 this was 1982 so it would be 1983 yeah the 83rd wait a minute no that's not right (laughs) um oh you know what uh came out that year people were very uh really into it's that Gandhi film. Oh, yeah. People... You hear about this Gandhi film? I saw this. I heard about this. Yeah. Really into that Gandhi movie. Eat, eat. Yeah. Sophie's Choice was also E.T. There. won that year. Oh, that checks out. That... Man, we had just... We, sh- we could have guessed that. Also, Poltergeist is nominated. It's optical effects, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's what's stupid yeah. to me. Is that their, their rule was like... If they don't physically draw mm-hmm. it, uh, then it doesn't count. It's like they did. They drew most of the movie, you motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, and and the and then the, a man had to sit down and design what those stupid bikes looked like, and then they made them in a computer. That's fucking amazing. Man, we were up. E, not ET. We were up. Uh, Gandhi's ass this year for the Oscars. Yeah, Gandhi swept. Hey, it's a good movie. It is. It is a very good movie. That Gandhi guy is pretty. He's a pretty good guy, you know. It's pretty cool, <laughs> cool dude, Gandhi. People really liked that Gandhi. I hear. Yeah, people really into Gandhi. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that's it. That's Tron. And we sprinkled a little Gandhi a little on Gandhi there for flavor. There, yeah. A little, little Gandhi, some little yeah. Gandhi flakes for. Uh, yeah. Know. I think that's enough for. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stay tuned uh, f- later this month mm-hmm. where we will discuss Tron Legacy and Tom will have watched I will it have. for the f- first time. This is all This is all the true. Director, yeah, from the director of uh, Oblivion and Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. Tron Legacy. Sure, sure. Make you love it. I'll make you all love it. Um <laughs> Let me tell you guys about our oh, Patreon. Please, I wish you would. Yeah, it's uh, God, Tron, <laughs> Tom. Sorry, it's a uh, p- Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. We have exclusive podcasts there, like Tom and Jeff watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a maniac. Mm-hmm. This podcast is brought to you by our Patreon. We have a tier for that, where you can make custom patrons, patron patrons podcasts, uh, about things like Tron. Yeah. So yeah, check it. Check you can that make out. Troncast. Tron cast. Just talk about Make Tron watch every it. week. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> there is a cartoon series, too. Yeah, I saw that. Um, there, We also have a store at tpublic.com slash store slash Gamefully Unemployed where you can check out all sorts of Tron-related merchandise. Yeah. We have zero Tron. Tron-related merchandise. 
<laughs> but you can check that out. Um, and that's it. That's all. Tron. <laughs> Tron. That's it. Tron. <laughs> Duology Theater is brought to you by Gamefully Unemployed. Check out our cool shit at patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed.